morning, everybody. Good morning. Skeleton crew, it's all right. Have a good time. That's right. Just saying, I feel good. If you would stand, get the voices going, get the blood flowing. I feel good. Redeemer, 
read the book of Leviticus, which makes it more palatable. Um, because it is awesome. And what I've been learning is that human beings are messed up. Right? Wow, it took me so long as a disciple to learn that. Um, but what, what's crazy is that God wants to be with us. And we want to be with God. And so often we look at this world full of evil and full of sin. And, you know, Steve and I were in a study with a guy, and his big issue with God was, well, why is there evil in the world? Right. God is all-powerful. Why is there evil in the world? Good question. And that's a question that I feel like Leviticus answers. <laughs> because God doesn't want there to be evil in the world. But if we want God to get rid of evil, he'd also have to get rid of us. Exactly. And like Katie and I pray all the time. Katie and I pray all the time that God like solves global warming. But we we contribute to that. You know, Katie and I recycle, but we know that doesn't do a good enough job. And if God wanted to get rid of evil, he'd have to get rid of evil. And that's where the, the book of Leviticus comes in. That God came to his people and he said, Look, guys. Y'all are idiots. Y'all are sinners. And I want to be with you, but I can't be with your sin. And so we came up with this system to pull the sin out of his people so that he could be with his people and not be with their sin. And if you read the book of Leviticus, it is tedious. And it is time-consuming. And it is devastating how often I sin I wouldn't have any goats or sheep left (laughs) and the point of Leviticus was to put the heart of the people in touch with their own sin and we don't have that anymore what we have is something even more powerful what we have is a, a God who died for us And in a lot of ways, communion is more powerful than an animal sacrifice. But in some ways, I think eating the cracker out of the little cup and drinking the little bit of grape juice isn't as visceral as the book of Leviticus. If you own a sheep, Katie and I just got a dog. We love this dog. He is a pet. If I sinned, and I had to murder my dog. That would make me connect with my sin more than eating the cracker. And I think we lose that. I think if you couldn't afford a sheep, you had to bring two doves neck. And I don't know how many small animals y'all have murdered. I grew up in the woods with a BB gun. Less than you. (laughs) But there's a visceral finale. There's a visceral violence. There's a visceral emotion that goes with hunting. Now I'm a a hunter and I'm not going to change my ways, but there is a sacrifice there that's being made. And I think we lose that heart. I think we lose that touch. And so with all of this going on, right before the book of Leviticus, Moses, who is a patriarch of faith, had the tabernacle built and he went to go into the tabernacle at the end of Exodus, and what happened? He wasn't allowed in the tabernacle. Moses, the patriarch of faith, the patriarch of our faith with God, wasn't allowed in the tabernacle at the end of Exodus because he was still in his sin. And I think if we look at that, how could I be allowed in front of God? I'm not Moses. If you look at all the amazing things Moses did, I'm not Moses. But how can we? So if we go to Hebrews 10 and in verse 19, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened to us through the curtain of his body, and as we pray, priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the assurance of what faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled the from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly the hope we profess, for he who from 
And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, and learn the habit of doing it, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Guys, Jesus died for us. That's how we can come before God. That's what the cross means to me. And while I, I know it's easy to forget that eating our communion cracker, the most perfect man that ever walked the face of this earth, the only perfect man who ever walked the face of this earth, died a brutal death for me and for you. And I just like to, to rely on that. It's not about us. It's not about our own sacrifice. It's not about our own worthiness. And I'd like for us to spend a minute today not imagining the cracker, but imagining the death that the cracker represents. Let's pray. Lord, heaven, God, God, uh, we all live such sheltered lives. God, um, we all live such selfish lives in this day and age, God. And Lord, you died for us. You died for me. God, I pray that I can have that on my heart, God. I pray that I can have that before me as I go about my day. And have it not be a bummer, God. But instead, have it just be a, a an amazing, uplifting value to my life, God. That you were willing to do that for me, God. God, I pray that you can just be in this room with us. And you are honored by us just remembering your sacrifice. Thank you, Lord.
Brian, thanks. That was, that was powerful. That was really powerful. And uh, thanks, Mary and Maria, just for, just for being you and bringing your cheerful, uh, cheerful, amazing selves to, uh, to welcome us. It felt really, uh, really welcome. Amen. And, uh, and so it's just it's great to be together. I, I, um, I, I super appreciate just that passage about, you know, that, that now through the blood of Christ we can approach God confidently. Yeah. We can go into the inner sanctuary confidently. We don't have to be insecure. We don't have to hold back. We don't have to wonder how does God feel about me. Right. And I just think that's powerful, especially as yeah. it's talking about through not that animal <clears throat> sacrifice, but through God's sacrifice, Jesus' visceral sacrifice for us. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else that, that you got from that that you kind of wanted to share? That, that just kind of to respond to to, to what um, to what Ryan shared. What stood out to you there with uh, with the community? Yeah, Mike. The anti-Semitic and people, 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 <laughs> right, we're usually looking to figure for other smart things. That are going to say some point, so I'm sorry, put too much pressure on you. <laughs> yes, powerful. That's great. That's great. Thanks for sharing. Anybody else? Yeah, Link. Well, I was thinking that if there wasn't evil, then love wouldn't be a choice. It would be something that we just like, like in heaven, you know. And heaven in this perfect world, we would just, I, I don't know, it's sort of like, uh, why am I thinking, like, everything is awesome, like the Lego movie or something, where it just, there would, it, it wouldn't be real, you know, it wouldn't be each person's choice, like, everyone chooses to, like, love their spouse or love their kids or whatever, but, yeah. So, without the opposite, does that make sense? Yeah. It seems like we wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't, it wouldn't be real, you know, this war, this life, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's you know it's pretty incredible to a God who created us to be this perfect, beautiful creation that we chose evil, and every step of the way He finds a way to pull us close to Him and provide the opportunity for us to be close. And and it's nothing we do. I, I mean, it's the evil we do, but it's but there's nothing we do that causes God to want to draw close to us. And I think that that amount of love is just it blows my mind because our patience is. It, it fails in comparison to God's patience. And I just understand that his love for his creation is eternal. And so every step of the way, he's done everything possible again and again and again to be near us. And I just, that, you know, what Ryan shared today just brought that home again for me. So, yeah. 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 It's awesome. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I made a small little comment about Ryan's thought, but, you know, like, uh, I think we think about our human society, we tend to, go towards violence, and I think God set up a plan in which he gave us goats and sheep and doves, but in the end he gave us his son, and I've got my two girls sitting with me, and to think about sacrificing them oh, is madness, but human history shows us that humanity is willing to sacrifice other humans mm-hmm. in lieu of a God, but only one gave us on his own son right. to save us all, awesome. and I think that's kind of, yeah. you know, what, what stood, stood out for me. Yeah, it's, it's deep. It's profound. It's it just it takes us taking a moment just to internalize it or to try to internalize it. And I think that's the whole meaning for the communion is for us to, to just to, to stop and to take a moment and to to do something that it can potentially really reconnect us to sort of the heart of it all. And I think it is easy for us to run off kind of in our different, in our different, you know, ways with with, with all this other stuff. But it's God trying to bring, to bring us back to His heart, which is His love, His deep sacrificial love for His kids, meaning us, and His dream for us to to, to flourish, not and not die in our sin, but to really come alive because of what He's done for us. And so let's uh, let's let's. Every week, you know, as we come, let's let's try to do our best. I know it's hard, kind of, you know, come away from all the distractions. But try to do our best to really connect with with what Jesus has done for us, and let it inspire us. Let it help us to get, to, to give us confidence, 
to, to live even more powerfully. So awesome. Thanks, Ryan. I really, 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 really appreciate that. So we're going to have a, a sermon here in just a moment. It's going to be more of a, 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 a sharing devotional, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But we had some couple announcements, and um, then Kai's going to come up and lead us in a song. And we'll uh, jump into our, into our, back into the scriptures here for a little bit. So a few announcements. Uh, next Sunday, we are going to be having our Lead for Life, our once a month Lead for Life meeting. It's kind of a workshop. And so I just want to take a quick second with this because I think sometimes, guys, when we hear the word leadership, some, some pictures come into our minds sometimes that aren't very positive. And it's because leadership really makes a difference, doesn't it? It makes a difference in family. It makes a difference in government. It makes a difference in church. Uh, it makes a difference. And when we've had a, an experience of less than great leadership, sometimes we can shy away from that and say, I don't want to be that. And so we can shy away from sort of that act of generosity in our community, which is serving, which is giving generously. You know, in Luke chapter 6, it says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Leadership, guys, is an act of giving. Leadership is an act of generosity. It's an act of service. Jesus said, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And so our example of leadership isn't the world. It isn't all that, all that selfish junk that's out there. Our model of leadership is Jesus, who we just talked about in the communion, who came to serve who came to give, who came to, to, to lay his life down, who came to, to stoop down and make us great. That's what leadership is. And that requires study, guys. That requires training for us not to become the leaders of the world that are around us, but become leaders like him. That's why we have a Lead for Life workshop, so that we can connect with that, a different kind of leadership, a different focus of leadership. Because the church will not grow and mature if it doesn't if it's not led by Jesus leaders. And that's who we are to become. Those Jesus leaders where Jesus is literally living inside of us and expressing himself through our own acts of leadership and service and giving and generosity. Does that make sense? And so it's important. So I want to invite anybody and everybody who would like to lead, who would like to serve who would like to learn how to lead a team like Jesus, serve and change the world like Jesus, love their neighbor and, and, and serve their neighbor and have that kind of impact that Jesus had for good. If you'd like to, 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 to learn that and engage with that, please come to our Lead for Life meetings. This isn't about a position. This isn't about some sort of you know title. It's about us learning to become one more like him. This earth. So I want to invite everybody. It's going to be just a 12 to 1. Bring your own lunch. We're going to have it right here at the Hilton. And uh, and so it'll be a great time. I'd like to, uh, to invite anybody to come. It'll be usually the third Sunday of every month that we have our Lead for Life Visionary Servant Leadership Workshop Training. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, too, we're putting a worship team together again. Yes. And I uh, reached out to most people by now. You, uh, If you've been considered, I've already tapped your shoulder. Uh, we're going to be meeting on the second Sunday yeah. of every month to practice new music to go over older music, get parts down, all that. Uh, so if I haven't uh, been in communication with you, you'd still like to be a part of that, reach out to me. I'd be happy to uh, pull you in on the worship team. But uh, but that's also the second Friday of every month starting in March. Serving in, in, in worship. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Really appreciate that. Thank you. So we've got a few other calendar items. This, uh, this week, go ahead, Shelby. She's still kind of putting together our calendar items. We'll be coming out with that kind of, kind of the, you know, the, the whole calendar next month. Uh, and then next week we will be back here at the Hilton. And so uh, please put that in your calendar. And then, and then the next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month uh, that we've been meeting in our small groups, in our homes, in our life teams. You know, my car died this past week, which wasn't really good news. But, uh, but I did get an Uber over to uh, Place where it was fixed, and I was talking about Uber driver. We had this great conversation, and uh, his name is Eugene. And uh, I was telling him about your first time here at the Hilton, and, and what an awesome place it is to meet for Sundays. And I was also telling you the first time in the month we meet in our homes. Yeah, for and he, he was he was so into that. 
it was kind of cool to see his response to that because um, because it's just kind of kind of communicating. Hey, this is really about family. This is really about us coming together in, in fellowship and meaningful worship. We really like that idea of us meeting in our homes for some of the month. It just kind of it just kind of uh, I don't know, just kind of give you a little bit of joy to see him kind of light up with that. Awesome. So that's kind of a few things for our calendar. Let's go ahead and let's stand and as as Kyrie would say something in the song. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to continue with uh, some worship with uh, Take on page 73. Consider you and just the uh, just the extreme uh, acts of love, the warm and, and generous acts of love that you have, um, have done towards us, Father. I know that you have a message for each of us this morning, Father. I know that you know exactly what each and every one of us has been through this past week, Father. That you were watching, you were, you were seeing, Father. You were listening as we prayed to you, as we talked to you, Father. You cared about us. And Father, I know that you have a word for us this morning, God, about just how to draw near to you, how to know you better, uh, Father, how to connect with you, how to be inspired by, by you. And Father, I pray that you would speak it uh, uh, gently, Father, and effectively to each one of us this morning as we open up the scriptures. God, I know it's an incredible honor that we even have the scriptures to open up to lead us and guide us in your spirit. Father, bless our time together this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. So this morning, I have a, just wanted us to have a, a kind of a sharing devotion. I had a short 
devotional message on the healing power of gratitude. On the healing power of gratitude. You know, Sue and I learned something about this uh, in a powerful way through our kids. Because when we were, you know, when our kids were young, what we tried to teach uh, McKenzie was was to go up to their teachers and their coaches and just say thank you. And it was kind of one of our efforts to try to help our kids to be sort of outward focused and, and kind of live according to that generosity principle as compared to being, you know, inward focused. Because it's so easy as a kid, as an adult, uh, to to kind of just kind of be constantly thinking inward about ourselves, about our fears. Mm. And there's something though about gratitude that that's powerful. And as you go up to somebody, it doesn't matter really even between between if I know you, it doesn't really matter if you know we have a deep relationship. But when I go up to when I go up to someone, when I go up to you and say, Hey, you're a thank you. How does that make you feel? Yeah, it makes you feel special. It doesn't even have to be necessarily something profound, but it but it's just something about it. It's so simple, but it's so powerful. It's so healing. And it does something in our in our spirit. It does something on the inside of us, how we think about life, how we think about others, how we think about this world that we live in. That's really healthy. It's really wholesome. It's really powerful. And so, and so we try to teach our kids this, you know, along the way. We try to live it ourselves. And, uh, and, so, um, and so, you know, we moved a few times over the years. And one of the things, we, when we moved to uh, Connecticut, in a little town called Richfield, we, uh, we, we talked to our kids again about this. We, we, we talked to them about, you know, with their teachers and with their coaches, just taking a second at the end of practice or the end of class and going and saying thank you. And we weren't even quite sure if they were doing it, but we would talk about it every now and then. So we went into a teacher's night, teacher's conference night at their middle school. Because again, moving into a new town, it's tough, isn't it? Especially as a kid, moving into a new town, where's the peer pressure, people are looking at you as a new kid. But it was really interesting to me because we went into this teacher conference and one of the teachers said, you know, this class, it's incredible. This class, I really love them. There's even kids in the class that will come up after every class and say thank you to me. <laughs> and, you know, I realized something in that. I learned something really important. Two things. One is how powerful it is and how rare that is for people to express thank you to one another. And then the other thing, too, is I realized is that even a teacher, the teachers oftentimes we become so familiar with that teacher and we either maybe we don't like them, maybe they, we don't love them or whatever it might be. But, but they are there as servants and they are giving. They're trying their best. And there's something about that's so meaningful to a teacher, to someone who's devoted their life to, to those kind of things, uh, when someone says thank and, you. And it was impacting to not her enough that she actually even shared it with the adults. And I thought, oh, that's really powerful. You know, even Nick had a, a coach in, in high school that was really kind of a, really wasn't very approachable. He was kind of a, kind of a, had a, just kind of tough exterior. And it was really hard for, for us and for Nick to sort of bond with this coach. But even still, he went up to this coach after every practice and just said thank you. And you know, to me, it so much captures what that, that spirit of, of Jesus is, the spirit of Christ, that, that willingness to go back and just acknowledge and just to say thank you. And it's interesting because it kind of takes away the insecurity. You know, even for me, I was on campus one time uh, uh, at Cal Berkeley. There was a famous basketball player. His name was Jason Kidd there at Cal Berkeley. And I was 27 years old. I was the campus minister there. I was in line. And I saw this kind of tall guy in front of me in line, and, and, and I didn't know who it was. And then he turned around, and sure enough, it's this 18-year-old, Jason Kidd, who's kind of like the most famous guy on campus. And he's kind of walking by me, and I froze. And I got really insecure. Like, what would I what would I what would I You know, kind of like that. Like, what would, I, what would I say to this guy, even if I was to talk to him? And what I resolved was that if I ever met another famous person, had the opportunity to meet them, that I would simply go up and say, thank you. 
And so there's been all these encounters. I can share about some of the some of the people later if you're interested. There's been all these encounters over the years of meeting famous people and just saying thank you. Because all of us, when someone comes and says thank you to us, it puts down our defenses. And I've actually had people say, I just go and say, hey, thank you. And they're like, what, what, what do you mean? Thank you for what? And then I can get, get a chance to kind of connect with them and bond with them. But guys, thank you is such an expression of the heart of God. And it's something that really helps us to mature and grow as humans. Look over here in Luke chapter 17. But it's interesting because gratitude is still so rare. I want you to think about how, how many times did you say thank you this past week? How many times did you approach someone and, and just intentionally just express gratitude? How many times has someone come to you and express gratitude this past week? And how did that make you feel? How many times on the job did someone express thank you? Wow, it's powerful on the job. It's powerful in the family. It's powerful in life. When people express gratitude to you, and when you express gratitude to others. They say in the workplace, it's not money. It's not perks. It's gratitude. That really is the thing that people are, are makes work the most meaningful. And uh, and yet it's so rare still. Even, you know, even even in the Bible times, it was rare. Here in chapter 17, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us! Exclamation point. They're yelling this. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he was healed, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He was an outcast. He was one of those people over there who you shouldn't even really associate with. But for whatever reason, he's the one who came back and said thanks and praised God. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Faith, expressing gratitude, heals us. It makes us well. It, it helps us to connect, to connect the dots of health and wellness. And, you know, through our whole heart, spirit, mind, and body. And Jesus is really holding this up as, as, as something powerful. But he's also holding it up as something rare. And I think there's a message here for us. It's so important for us, as we go through our busy weeks and our busy days, to take time to say thank you. To one another, to say thank you to God. I want to ask this another question. How effusive have you been this past week in thanking and praising God? Who has done all that Ryan talked to us about this morning that we don't deserve. He's done all these things. He's given us rain. He's given us sunshine. He's given us food. He's given us clothes to wear. He's given us cars to drive sometimes. We don't break down. But he's given us all this stuff. He's given us one another. How much have we gone to him and just said thank you? Remember in Philippians 4 that was there a few weeks ago? It said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want us to take a moment just to praise God. Just to praise God. To come back after a long week. I, I, I don't know what you've been cleansed of this past week yet. I don't know what you've been healed of this past week. But I know God's been involved with each and every one of us. He's loved us in some unique, personal way. And I want us to come back and be this one. Be this one. Yeah, maybe we're a Samaritan. Yeah, maybe we're a foreigner. Yeah, maybe we haven't, you know, done great spiritually. None of that matters. What matters is that we come back and we don't worry about how we look. 
don't worry about uh, what we, you know, how we put our words together. We take our we take our, our eyes off ourselves for a moment. We put our eyes on God. And on one another. We say thanks. Now I want us to spend just have a little time with sharing about maybe a healing that you experienced this past week. Maybe a promise fulfilled. Maybe a promise came true in your in your life this past week. Maybe there is a, a miracle, a big one, or maybe just even a mini one. Uh, maybe there is a comfort. God gave you through a passage. Maybe there's a scripture that stood out to you and, and meant a lot to you. Maybe, maybe you've received some encouragement in a special way. Maybe there's an answered prayer. Maybe there's a blessing that you're made aware of that you, that you often take for granted. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's a friend, as Mary and Marie were sharing this morning, that's just meant a lot to you this past week. And it's just, it just would be appropriate to go out and say thanks. We really need that. We really appreciate it. But is there anything that you'd like to share in praise and thanks to God or praise and thanks to another person uh, this morning? Yeah. Um, this week at school, we had um, security. And uh, Thursday, the kids dressed up as their favorite teacher or someone that, you know, quite <coughs> mm. And so we were lining up, and the other teacher said, Oh, you know, little girl, why don't you? Going to meet one in the gym, why don't you take a little purse that you're wearing and hang it up? And I always wear a little purse with my phone in. So I looked at her and I said, Did you dress up as someone today? And she said, Yeah, you, Mrs. Smith. <laughs> and it was like the sweetest thing. And I guess she was in her house with her glasses and she tried to have her hair curl like me. And it was just the So I got a new job last March, and I, during the interview process, everybody interviewed me, and, I was, and, I, and the last person was this woman who just seemed very dour, very dark, just very kind of withdrawn and, and just moody, attitude -y kind of thing, and I, and I immediately said, I'm not going to judge this book by its cover. Uh, and I asked her, I said, so, you know, I've, I've, I've been employed a bunch of different places. Everybody says, oh, we're family. But really, like, do you really feel like this work crew is just close to you, like family? She goes, absolutely. So I went in having the attitude of, if this is my spiritual family and that's my other family, I'm going to make it equal. And so I, I've been telling people, I appreciate you because of. Oh, wow. And so I've been kind of emphasizing this. And now we're doing a Friday gratitude moment. Oh, wow. uh, this woman came to me just this week and said, Larry, I appreciate you because, mm -hmm. and I'm just, it's not because I needed it, it's because I wanted to foster it mm -hmm. and just see it happen in other people. Yeah. And it's just amazing that um, that, I, that I'm getting that from other coworkers too. Mm -hmm. And my boss hasn't, I think she sees, but she doesn't know what to say maybe. Mm -hmm. but, um, but it's just been really, it's been really rewarding. Wow. To see people who I thought were just kind of withdrawn all of a sudden are like expressive. And wow. That gratitude has just made a big, big difference in the work environment and in the wow. relationships between people. So a little bit will go a long way. What a great thing to appreciate. Yeah. Uh, gratitude moment yeah. on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm grateful it's Friday. Yeah. Really good to you get that, that a lot. <laughs> That's okay. Gratitude's good. That is awesome. Yeah. I love it. That's a, what, a, what, a, what a great thing. Yeah, Brian. Um, if, if, if anyone doesn't know, Katie and I bought uh, Prayerfully our forever home a couple months ago. And it's awesome. It's the, we prayed for 10 things, and God gave us nine and a half of those 10 <laughs> We prayed the road. We prayed touching the long-term of your sneaker need. Uh, for whatever reason, God gave us all those things, and I guess... We've been, when you buy a 51-year-old house, you get a 51-year-old house. And so we've kind of been like struggling with being overwhelmed with like all the little stuff that we keep finding. Like last night, the toilet just decided to just pump water. It wasn't plugged, it just like
shot water out to my boy girls coming over Thursday. <laughs> but I guess like, we can get we can get um, we can get overwhelmed with the little stuff. Like, oh shoot, there's mold on this. We gotta redo this. Oh, this sump pump is isn't working. Oh, this is broken. And I think sometimes I can get stuck in the I'm not really right, like I'm not a church prosper, but you can get overwhelmed with the amount of crap, and you're just like, man, I don't want this house anymore. And then, like, we were driving to church today, and we drove by, like, three other houses that we almost bought, and I'm just so thankful for the house that I have. And it's just like, it was such an answered prayer, and it was such a miracle that I can't get overwhelmed with the dumb stuff that's going to break. Yep. I have to see what, I mean, like, we were talking about today, one of the houses that I really wanted was on the top of the hill, so if we went for a walk, it would have to be, like, a thousand-foot drop. And then that was we would never walk. And right now we live on a flat road, so our dog can go for a walk with us. Is that a dumb answer prayer? Totally. But still, it's an answer prayer and it's something I'm thankful for. And that's even though my house refuses to work properly. <laughs> it's so true. Let's be that one dealing with that that goes back to God. Because I remember the day we first went out there to the house, and there was just this overflowing, God, you're amazing, you're praying. About how thankful you are. It's a moment for a moment giving in the way. Yeah. It's a great point, though. It's easy for us to be super thankful for something, and for that maybe to lose its shine a little bit, and for us to kind of, you know, lose that gratitude. So it's so important to go back and, and be grateful for the things you're grateful for first. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, Jess. Yeah, um, something I'm really grateful for is being in grad school, doing what I love, yeah. learning a lot about life. Yeah. And all these conversations make me think of, so, you know, God is the expert of human behavior. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to connect one of those in school yes. to God. Yeah. Yes. Because he's the one who knows who you truly are. And so that's going to keep coming up for me is, um, learning a lot about narrative therapy, which is like everyone comes to the world with their own story that they've drafted in their head. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think of like, wow, it just makes me think like, how many stories do I have that are so negative? Like, why do I only focus on the things I don't have, or the things that I want to have, so true. or the things that, and narrative therapy, therapy really helps me just to connect with all the things you do have, all the things that you've done. All the times that right. you were brave, all the times that you were confident, because they're there, we're just not highlighting them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's something that's been coming up for me is that like I so feel like it's just so easy for me mm-hmm. to just forget all the times God came through for me in those dire times. But that's part of my story. Like God does come through. I think God just knows that about us. That we always want to forget. That's like remember, remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. So true. You guys, like Jesus said to this foreigner, they probably had a lot of reasons to feel insecure about Jesus. He said to him, though, as he came back and he fell on his knees, he was praising him. He was, his narrative was changing. And he was responding to that. And Jesus said to him, he, he said, you know, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And I think it's just like what you're saying, Jess, is that God's way makes us well. It makes us healthy. It helps us to become the fully blossomed uh, person that we were created to be in God's image. And yet, other things don't work. So let's 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 cling to those things that 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 do work and bring the best out of us. That's what God has for us. And I want us to stand up here in just a moment. Lane is going to come and and sing. Um, he's going to lead us in a waymaker. And I love this song, and I, and I was looking up the lyrics, and it talks about, you know, you are the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. And it talks later on about how, you know, it doesn't really kind of matter what's going on in our lives. We, 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 we get to follow him. We get to return to him and, and to be grateful. And the bond was him because of who he is, not because of who we aren't. And it's powerful. And let's, let's, guys, this week, in a spirit of, of gratitude, in the spirit of Christ, let's, um, let's rise and let's go. 
And I love that example even in the worst place because it doesn't matter where you are, in your neighborhood, in your family, in your workplace, in your community, you know, in the classroom, on the, on the basketball court. Gratitude is unique. And it affects every culture, every person, in every circumstance the same way. It encourages. And it builds up. It builds up the receiver of gratitude. It builds up the giver of gratitude. And let's remember Jesus' words that it's more blessed to give than to receive. So let's go ahead and stand up and think about the way we do This will close out of service today. Something I'm super grateful for is my new little granddaughter. Incredible, incredible gift. I get about, it seems like every hour I'm getting like 10 little pictures of Susan, Susan and Atlanta right now. And I think they're actually watching us right now oh. on, uh, on the Facebook Live or whatever it might be. So I just wanted to say hi, Maria. <laughs> hi, Sue. Can't wait to see you this week. Love you. What a blessing. Yeah, I love the verses in the song, too. It's just, you are here, you are here. And I think that's really important to keep in mind. And
there when I don't feel it. You're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. The way Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, that is who you are.